Hey, I'm Lisa. And I'm Lucy. And we're two sisters who have been running a sticker shop for over seven years. Get ready to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit with our small business podcast. Join us as we explore the exciting world of entrepreneurship and stickers. Tune in for inspiration, tips, and expert insights that will help you turn your big plans into a thriving business. Now, let's get started. And let's get into this week's episode. We are in episode three, where we're talking about what we would do if we started our sticker shop all over again. What we would do and the these same. would be, yeah, anything like we would do the same or if we would do differently this is like if we lost sticker guru today or, and or what if we would just we do? start it over like completely yeah, completely this is what we would do well, let's get started we have four things that we do different and then three things mm-hmm. that we would do the same so let's start with different the first thing that we would do different is to one have a business plan And with that, really work on our branding because when I started Sticker Guru, I really – I didn't even know, like, branding was a thing back then. Like, I didn't know that was a term. I didn't know businesses, like, like had branding. And so that's something I definitely overlooked. And, like, when I made my logo, it was just, like, some text. And I – personally, I Mm -hmm. don't think font really counts as a logo. Okay, let me just say that for the people in the back. A font is not a logo. A font is not a logo. If you can't see me, if you're not watching the yeah. video version of me, I, I'm like <laughs> shouting this right now because like, it's so... I'm, I'm shaking. I'm Dwight Schrute <laughs> in the speech. Yes. A font is not a logo. It's not. But I think it's, it's very really easy not. to think that in the beginning because you're like, oh, this is a unique font. And so now I've got a unique logo. <laughs> but the truth is, it's like anyone can take that font if it's not an original Any, yeah. font. Yeah. Anyone can take it and basically make the same thing. So mm-hmm. do not make the same mistake. Your your yes. logo can absolutely have your business name in a cool font, but there should be something mm-hmm. else about it that makes it unique, whether it's like the special shaping of the font or like the special coloring of the font or, you know, like I'm thinking about like FedEx, you know how like the way they have FedEx and there's like an yeah. arrow and the FedEx. Yes. It's like, like a, like a like, hidden message almost. Yeah. Like you got to have something, just something that makes something it more hard to yeah. copy. And so that way, like, people can set you apart from, like, other brands and it's, like, memorable. Yes, because when you think about a brand, like, when I think about Target, I'm not thinking about the words Target. I'm thinking about the bullseye, right? Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's very iconic. Or Home Depot, I think about the color orange. Like, there's just got to be something that's different. But so, like, what can people do if they're just starting out? What would you do since you're in this scenario starting out, like... Yes. In terms of creating branding. Well, we I think that's what our like main focus of our ebook that we are have been working on and is I think officially launching this Tuesday. So this episode Yay. is going out on the third. And then our ebook is launching on Tuesday the fourth. Yes. Uh, and I feel like the ebook really captures is like such a well-rounded like planner workbook, I guess. workbook planner workbook yes. workbook 
planner of like guiding you through creating a business plan and we do talk about things like branding and like coming up with a logo coming up with a shop name like brand identity like things like that I feel like are so important when you're creating a business and that's something I would definitely do like fill out if I was starting a sticker shop brand new So you're saying like you would be a lot more intentional Mm -hmm. about like what you choose versus like, oh, this is a cute font and yes, I'm I'm going (laughs) to just go with this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely put like like, way more thought into it. I agree. And I know some people, they're like, well, I'm going to have to pay a lot of money or you're afraid that you're going to have to end up paying a lot of money if you don't just, you know, come up with like a random font and do DIY mm-hmm. this yourself. But I feel like things nowadays, especially, there's so many more resources than when you first started out in terms mm-hmm. of creating logos, like Canva. Okay. Freaking Canva love Canva. was not a thing. Yeah. I think I use like PicMonkey, which like, I think that's what YouTubers would use instead of like Photoshop, they would use PicMonkey to make their thumbnails. And so like Canva was really like not a thing back then. And like now I feel like it has so many features to it, especially the upgraded version. Even the free version, I'm sure, has like a lot to it. But Canva is really like a game changer. And I Canva does have like a logo maker, like they have templates. So if you wanted to create a logo, Canva, Etsy, Creative Market, like you might have to spend a couple bucks, but... Like you can find a bajillion templates out there. There are free website. If you type in like logo generator, there's a ton of free websites. I use them for my school. Like when I was doing a mock-up of my first business idea for business school, I used a free logo generator and it looked awesome. Everyone was like, where the, where did you get this? Because <laughs> like you can make really good ones nowadays for free. So yes, if you take anything away from this, a font is not a logo. Yes, a font is not a logo. You need to have more to your logo. But that doesn't mean like your logo has to be like crazy com- complex or anything like that. I feel like ours is like very simple and like straightforward. I love it's ours. Like a sticker. Yes, we agreed. did pay for our logo. Yeah, after like several of many our years own DIY logo. Yeah, it's in the workbook. I made like a little timeline to show like how yeah. our logo has evolved over time. But yeah, branding is huge and it's a lot more components than you think. It's not just the logo. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of other things that go into building a solid, cohesive brand. So yes. And our ebook covers all of that. Yes. Because it's so important. It is. Another thing building upon this branding thing is just like being more intentional. Did I say intentional? Intentional about (laughs) your plans for your business. Because I do feel like when you started, you were a high school student. You didn't really know what you were doing. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you did research and you had a plan, but it wasn't like a fully fleshed out plan. Yeah. You kind of learned a lot of things along the way and Definitely. just kind of like figured it out as you went. <laughs> figured things out as I went for sure. Yes. And would you recommend doing that or like how would you uh, approach it now? I would not. I, I would say I would do like more competitor analysis. I think I would definitely do some more like research in terms of like the shops that were out there because when I started I very much just wanted to create stickers that I was going to use which I think worked out fine back then but I feel like nowadays since there are a lot more shops 
you do want to make sure you're not or like you're aware of what other shops are selling and you don't want to sell like the same exact things. And I feel like by doing competitor research or competitor analysis, it's not about like comparing yourself to them. It's more just making sure you are differentiating yourself and like making sure that you are different from what's out there. I think that's really important. It's like you're not copying other shops and I you're not comparing yourself to other shops, but it's more so like, okay, I know these shops exist. I know what they sell. What doesn't currently exist? Like, mm-hmm. How can I serve these customers in a way that their needs are not currently being met? And how can I fill those needs? I feel like that's a really important distinction to make. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and when you do that, the customers will naturally come because they're like, I can't get this anywhere else. So I think that's really important is to do market research. And yeah, yes, definitely. We, we definitely do emphasize that a lot in the workbook as well. But I'm really excited about this workbook. I think it's going to be really good. Same. I I think we already have like 140 something. Almost, a, almost 150. Almost 150 this books morning. sold, which is super exciting. Like, that has already surpassed our like expectations and goals. So we're super excited for this book to launch and for you guys to finally get started working on your business plans. Yay. Plan a shop. I, I love shop. The, the name of the workbook. Plan a shop. Like planner shop. Plan a yeah, shop. Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure everyone <laughs> understands. Okay. So what would you do the same? Or actually, I, I mean... Yeah, let's how about you answer this one? Okay, so I think the first thing I would do the same is definitely have some sort of social media presence before really like opening the doors to your shop. And I think we like we have always been on YouTube for like so many years. So I feel like by the time I like opened Sugar Guru, like I was already used to posting on YouTube and like posting on Instagram. And like that was nothing new to me. And I feel like it also helped already having like some sort of following. That way it was like it's easier to convert, I guess, like get sales if you already have, you know, some followers. Because that way, like if you have like if you're just start if you're launching your shop and your social media account on the same day, I would say that's probably not the best idea just because you probably have like no prints and no followers. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also important to just get comfortable with posting because I, mm-hmm. I do think a lot of people are really camera shy, which is understandable if you're not familiar with, you know, posting about yourself mm-hmm. or posting about your life, what your work, etc. Yeah. Just I do want to say mm-hmm. I wanted to add that like if you're thinking of creating a shop, make sure you your social media account is like your shop and not like a personal account. Like make sure you're not changing your personal account into uh, Mm -hmm. this account. Yeah. Um, Like if everyone who follows you is like people from high school, people from college, your cousins, et cetera, it's not necessarily the ideal target. And I would recommend starting over, like starting a brand new Like create a new Instagram Instagram account or wherever you're creating your social media platform. Yeah, wherever it may be. It may not be Instagram if your customers aren't 
mostly on Instagram, like maybe it's TikTok or YouTube or Facebook, wherever. I just hopped on Lemon, which is TikTok's new app. So I, I love testing out new apps. I think I've mentioned before. And so I'm really excited to try this one out. But, you know, like whatever platform you're on, pick one to start because it's really overwhelming to manage five bajillion of them Mm -hmm. and just like start posting content because that's the only way you can get followers. If you post content and relevant content, not like random stuff like what you ate that day. I mean, like, I think those are fine for like stories because like your customer is getting to know the person behind your brand but yeah in terms of like posts I would say keep it professional and relevant to your yeah because you're you're if you're brand new you want to attract people who are going to become your customers so like if you were to sell like size stickers you would want to post exercise sticker related kind of content versus Mm -hmm. like something completely random I can't think of anything off the top of my head like shopping I don't know you know like yeah something not related to it. So just making sure you're in posting the right sort of content and posting regularly, just practice. No mm-hmm. one, I think the best time to post whatever the heck you want and figure out what is works best for you is when you have no followers <laughs> yeah. because you have very, very low stakes. Okay. So the next thing we would do different is not cutting corners in terms of shipping. So I'm sure if you've listened to our episode, Our Most Expensive Mistakes, then you definitely know what this one's about. So back in the day, for like the first couple of years, first few years, honestly, of running Sticker Guru, I was sending out orders as basically like there were like just envelopes with stamps on them. And I definitely regret doing that. And, like, the reason why I was doing that was to, like, save costs on shipping because, as you know, shipping is expensive and I didn't want customers to have to pay, like, I don't know, like, $4 for shipping. So I would just, like, do, like, stamps on the package and, like, that kept costs relatively low for shipping. But I think that definitely hurt us in the long run because people were, like, what the heck I thought you're like a legitimate business why are you sending things as like not um, tracked not like just with no snail mail just like really slow mail that like can't be tracked so like if anyone's order went missing I would have no way of finding out where it was they would also have no idea where it was like it was just not great and I wish I would have switched to tracked mail sooner And it wasn't even so much of like, oh, we're trying to make more money this way. It was more like Mm -hmm. we want to keep shipping costs low for our customers so that they're not spending a ton of money on shipping because we think that'll make them, you know, more often. Yeah. And unfortunately, it it backfired. It was like the opposite. Because they like didn't trust. They had no trust in us Mm -hmm. once they got their package or if they didn't get their package. And so I feel like that really hurt us in terms of like having loyal customers. Yeah. And I think that is an easy one that a lot of people starting out selling stickers do use stamps because stickers are so light and generally small. So it's easy to just send it like that. But I would definitely not recommend doing that. We learned it the hard way, the really expensive way. And I would hate to see anyone else make that mistake. 
Yeah. So. It was just like, I, it's ironic because like we really thought we were saving some money, but really it was costing us customers. Definitely. So something that I w- would do the same, or I guess that you would do the same if you were starting over is I know you started out with not the best stuff mm-hmm. in terms of materials. Like you kind of just use what you had in the beginning. Like you had a printer at home, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you just slowly upgraded over time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of people, when they think about wanting to start a sticker shop, they're worried about like a lot of overhead costs. Like They feel like they need to have the best printer or they need to find the best sticker paper to start with. But I feel like that kind of just takes time. It also is expensive to do that. And like if when if you're starting out and you don't know like if you will how long this venture is gonna like how long you're gonna be doing it for, it's good to just start with start with low cost items and like work your way up until like you're really like sure about okay, I, I do wanna do this business like long term or however long and that way you feel more confident in your investments so I would definitely still stay with like starting with cheap stuff and like working my way up agreed because you I would rather have something that I paid like a super cheap price for and I upgraded over time and now that super cheap thing that I no longer use is a paperweight Versus getting something really expensive and Mm -hmm. figuring out like, oh, I actually don't need this or I don't, yeah, like or like I'm not going to continue with this, like yeah, and then really expensive paperweight. Exactly, exactly. Like if you had to choose between one of them becoming a paperweight, I think I would pick the the cheaper option. So something that like I feel like it's a good perspective to look at it because we do get messages from people who are like, I spent. I like, s- I've spent like thousands, thousands of dollars trying to figure out a printer and like they haven't even started their sticker shop yet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, like you better just return them all and start with whatever mm-hmm. like is the cheapest because like you don't even know if you're going to be doing this forever. So it's better to just start low and see where that goes. So you've you've heard us talk about like the lean startup bootstrapping all of that I think it's really important to have a minimal viable product the MVP we talk about it a lot in like at business school in the entrepreneurial space all you need to launch is an MVP all you need for like when you're talking to investors and you're trying to like get money when you're trying to you know first start selling your products or prove that you can actually sell products Mm -hmm. is you need an MVP you don't need something to be perfect because frankly, it will never ever be perfect when you first. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah, especially when you're first launching. Like nothing is perfect at first. Like perfection takes time. I think it does. I don't even know if perfection is something that's you know like I feel like that's something you're always striving for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to think that you can just launch with something perfect, I feel like that's something that will hold you back from actually launching. So Definitely. all you need is an MVP. And to get that MVP, you really don't need much. Like you don't need to invest thousands. You just need, in this case, like a printer, sticker paper, a cutting machine. Cutting machine, yeah. Ready to create stunning stickers in no time? 
Introducing Creating Stickers Made Easy, the comprehensive e-course that makes designing and cutting planner stickers a breeze. Join us, Lisa and Lucy, two seasoned sticker shop owners, and master silhouette studio with step-by-step instructions, templates, and troubleshooting tips. Why struggle alone when you can learn from the pros? Sign up today at bigplansacademy.com and unleash your creativity. So the next thing that we would do different is we would reinvest sooner. And I feel like there's been so many like points in our business where we've like wanted to invest and then we're just like, oh, but I'm not sure like if it's worth it or like it's real, it's kind of expensive. Like, I don't know if we're ready for that yet. And like some yep. of the things that I'm just thinking off of the top of my head is when we wanted to get a thermal label printer to print out our shipping labels because like we had been printing them out with just like a a printer regular laser printer yeah and we were just cutting it out by hand hand taping it onto the packages Mm -hmm. and like that was taking hours to do like a hundred packages it literally took hours hours um yeah so and that was embarrassing when i think about it and like, like I'm cringing. Um, we would this would be like for our subscription. So like back in like I don't know 2017, and I remember you're like, we should get like a Dymo label printer or something so we can print these shipping labels. And I was like, it's kind of expensive. It's like 200 bucks. Like, do we really <laughs> need that? Like, we are we're only like we only have to do this once a month, cutting with scissors and hand taping all the shipping labels onto the subscription orders and literally looking back now i'm like 200 dollars is is nothing compared to how many hours we were spending hours hours every single month like just like i really wish i could have that time back like and (laughs) it's not just like the dymo printer could have saved us like 50 percent of the time that dymo printer could have saved us like 95% of that time yeah because we print out well to be fair I hate the Dymo label printer and I would not recommend it if you're looking into like a label printer I'd recommend like a Rolo or something like that and it literally can Mm -hmm. print out 100 labels in I want to say like five minutes and then like putting them on the packages probably takes like another five minutes (laughs) so like 10 minutes total versus Um, hours versus hours like oof and it wouldn't just be like one person whereas like if you do that with a rollo yes you could do Mm -hmm. all of that with one person like it would be both of us doing it we would both be cutting and taping and (laughs) it was a whole like weekend we spent like a whole weekend working on subscription stuff yeah so i wish we had fittered our or valued our time more and like reinvested or invested Re- invested sooner but also like reinvesting in your your business and mm-hmm. in yourself i feel like it's yeah. so easy to be like well like i could save that 200 dollars mm-hmm. and like my labor <laughs> is free right yeah but you can't but, i feel like that you need to like respect yourself more and like mm-hmm. not treat your labor as free yes and something we like to say is you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And we live by that statement. <laughs> so I mean, it's true, though. Like the few things that you can get for free, like free labor, 
sometimes you might end up with like free material. It's very, very not often. And it usually isn't actually free. Like you're paying with something, whether it's like you're actually paying with all time that you could be spending making more money or like, you know, like it's not actually free. So yeah. spend the money. It's worth it. And also like not just investing in equipment, but also investing in like courses, educational content that has I been, like I think, a big one for us more recently. Definitely. Like invested more in that for us. I feel like that's and something also not a lot of people talk about. Maybe it's just like not as common within our niche or like within the planner community, but definitely like spending some money on like courses. Like one I'm thinking off the top of my head is we recently took like a scalability mm-hmm. course by Maya Nicole and like she teaches you how to scale your business sustainably which I think she talks about like oh like hitting sustainably hitting 5k, like 5K months, 10k, 10K and 25k okay, maybe, maybe 50k something like that something like that it goes up to like 50k months but yeah so we wanted to learn just like techniques what kind of processes like, yeah what kind of like things that like she's implementing to be able to be like consistently hitting 50k months and I feel like we've definitely like learned a lot from taking her course so definitely like look into some online courses I'd say or like master classes yeah in terms of just like yes you could google things and Mm -hmm. DIY yourself but it's going to be so painful as speaking as someone who does that a lot like googling I I have grown up googling things my entire life and just trying Mm -hmm. to figure things out on my own but if it's all gathered together in a course I finally have reached that point where I'm like, why do why would I spend weeks all that and time. weeks and weeks researching yeah. when I could have someone tell me everything that I need to know in like one day? Mm-hmm. It's at this point, I feel like it's just so worth it to me to not have to waste yeah. my time trying to like sift through the junk mm-hmm. on the internet to figure out yeah. tiny little And I feel it. like that's why we wanted to do e-courses because like there is so much information out there about like running a sticker shop but mm. I feel like there's not like one place where you can like compactly follow the information you need I agree um, I agree and, and so a I lot feel of like stuff on the internet I feel like uh-huh. is very surface level like mm-hmm. how do I start a sticker shop okay well you need a printer you need a cutting machine yeah it's like <laughs> okay well what else like what are yeah. the things that I actually need to know like yeah besides about running a business it's not just like starting a sticker shop but like you're running a business and like there's a lot more things than I think people realize when they hear like oh you run a sticker shop like that's so cute like no it's they're actually like, a lot like, more my kids than that love stickers it's uh-huh. like no I I it's a business like I this is our full-time job mm-hmm. yes definitely investing in yourself is so important and it's just fun to learn I don't know I love learning it is fun to learn and I feel like when you're a business owner it can be like I don't know you're just like working by yourself but it's nice to hear like someone else's perspective on things definitely like you can always like learn from other people yeah it was so nice listening to Maya and like even the stuff that we already knew it was just nice to be like okay so we are doing things right Mm -hmm. like these we are doing these things right and we need to work on these other things and it's cool to like have other students so that we're not feeling like oh, okay like everyone else also experiences these mm-hmm. problems too yeah it's just nice it is nice 
It's a nice space. It is. So what else would you do the same? So I think the last thing that I would do the same as when I first started is I would, in the beginning, I would run sales pretty frequently. I'd say like at least once a month, I'd say like minimum once a month to just attract new customers. I feel like not a lot of people were doing sales when I first started. So I feel mm-hmm. like that definitely got a lot of new eyes on my products and like people were interested in trying them. And that's definitely something I would still do if I was starting is to run sales to just get new customers. I will say that it's a really fine line between running sales to get new customers and running sales because your customers run, will because, not purchase just any because other your time. Customer, right, because your customers are reliant on your sales. So it's definitely a fine line and you don't want to overdo it. Agreed. And it's I remember like when we were doing sales it got to a point where we would, oh, we tried like all sorts of different sales techniques and which I would recommend mm-hmm. people, you do like definitely yeah. mix it up. Don't just do X Don't just do the same off. thing. Yeah. Every like, single, do something fun, yeah. mix it up, see what works best with your customers. And then the beginning, it's the best time to try all of that because yeah. the and stakes are also, low. Yeah. And as a reminder, like make sure your products are priced right so that like you can run sales on them and you're not like your prices aren't too low where you like screwed yourself over with a sale or Mm -hmm. anything like that Um, because I there's definitely been like times in the beginning where I was like oh maybe like the sale is too too high and like yes it's nice that I'm getting orders but it's like okay well am I really making like are you making money like am I making money here or is again is my labor just free now like mm-hmm. you really want to make sure that your prices are right and that your the sale that you're running is like it's not too it's not making your prices too low where you're like losing money or you're working for free or anything like that. So definitely like check in on your pricing before you okay. run. So- the pricing you just reminded me because I feel like pricing is such a hard one for people. We get a lot mm-hmm. of questions on how to figure out pricing yeah. for products, how to price your products how to do all that. And so that was a section that we made in our our workbook. Um, there's like a worksheet and I also have like a worksheet example filled out of how you would go about pricing things. Not that I'm saying there is an exact formula for pricing. Right. There's um, definitely not. It's it's yeah. very subjective. It's, and an, like, it's an art form. Uh, yes. There's a lot of factors that go into pricing your products. But yeah. I think the ebook does a pretty good job of like covering that. I'm so excited about it. I I would that might be my favorite section with my favorite quote where I'm like, you know, pricing is like it's like a a pinch of common sense and a dash of mm-hmm. like what your gut is telling you with, you know, like some of your like regular the formula, quote unquote. Hmm. That's not the exact quote from it cuz I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's basically <laughs> what I'm I'm trying to say about pricing is that there's no 100% correct way to do it. Mm-hmm. There were everything in the world would be priced what it should be priced, yeah. right? But everyone but has like a different opinion on what things yes. should be priced. So yeah, so we just provide some guidance and a fun worksheet instead. So I hope that helps people because we definitely do get a lot of questions about pricing. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions. Okay, wow, this episode is getting long, but we have one more thing oh. that we would do different. 
And so why don't you go ahead and say what that is? Oh my goodness, this one is a big one. Finishing out with putting a bigger emphasis on good customer service and having good work. That is something that we would do differently because mm-hmm. I can't speak on what Lisa did before I joined that year before, uh-huh. but like I when say. I joined the team, we did not have a five-star rating on Etsy. Like, yeah. And so I think it was like a 4.7, I want to say. And then like for the longest time, it was like 4.9. Yep. And then I remember when it finally reached five stars. I think at that point we were already like on sh- off Etsy, like and maybe also, like we were like mostly on Shopify at that point. But like it had finally reached five out of five stars on Google. Like when you searched up Sugar Guru, it would say like five stars. I'm like instead of four point nine. I was like finally, yeah. And it was just you know it's not like you have a horrendous shop or anything. It was just like there's some things that you could emphasize more when you're starting out because you mm-hmm. when you're starting out like you want to make a really good impression you don't want to yeah. piss people off so that you probably want to put a little bit more emphasis yeah. on good customer service especially yeah. in the beginning so Definitely. that you can build up good reviews because i don't know about you but like i read reviews if I the product has reviews. bad reviews i'm like i'm probably not <laughs> i'm clicking away yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah so i'll say when i first started i didn't know customers <laughs> again a lot of things i didn't know well, um, yeah, when to be I fair, like you're also business. like a high school student, so it's I'm a like high school how student. I never, I never like worked in retail, never mm-hmm. had like a a client facing job, I guess. So I never had to deal with customer service, like, and I was just like hoping like people would leave me yeah. a review. Like, I was just happy if someone re- left a, left a review. So definitely, if you look at our Etsy and you like scroll back. There are a lot of scathing reviews. I'm actually, I'm looking on our Etsy website right now. And like, if you go all the way back to like, there's 780 pages oh God. of reviews uh-huh. uh, all the way back to January, 2016. Like, oof, like some of these reviews are just like scathing. Mm-hmm. And I just like, didn't know how to deal with customers. I remember like people would like send me customer service messages on Etsy because I didn't there's no way to like email someone I think so I would get messages and I would just like respond very I guess you would say oh, like bluntly blood yeah but that's I feel like that's how you are that's just like how like, I am when I that's like, how you are <laughs> talk on the internet and like when I remember when Lucy joined and like she was <laughs> handling all the customer service stuff she would always write like like hi their name and then she the first sentence is always like I'm so happy to help you with your like problem mm-hmm. and like I was like why do you need to write that like just get to the <laughs> point or like if they would ask like a if the customer was asking like a yes no type of question mm-hmm. um, and like Lucy would write like a long response to them and I'd be like they just want like a yes or a no like just say yes or no and that's fine <laughs> and she's like no like this is the right way to do it. And I definitely was like questioning a bit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, this seems this seems so unnecessary. Like, just get like if just I was a point. customer, like, like just get to the point. Like just uh-huh. answer my question. Like don't tell me some convoluted once that like kind of answers the question, maybe. Well, I do answer the question, but it's more of just like you gotta create a conversation, which is yeah. how I like to approach things. Yes. Well, <laughs> after like a couple years. 
I finally like accepted it and like, okay, yeah, like <laughs> this is like a, a good customer service or something. And like, you do need to like be nice to the customer. You can't just give them like a blunt response. Like, yes, no. Yeah. The order has been shipped. <laughs> yeah. Good day. I think it helps to have like, like I worked in retail in college. Like I worked at Abercrombie. I would stand on the front and be like, hey, how's it going? And you know, like full clothes or whatnot. So I feel like that was very helpful. And then I did at my previous job, I was in a client facing role. Like I was an account manager. So I worked with all of our 50 bajillion clients. So it's constantly emailing them, having phone calls with them, et cetera. And you have to have like, you know, like the little small talk and whatnot to build that sort of rapport. So I, I just felt like it just comes more naturally to me because it's what I had experience doing. It may not come natural to you if you never had a role like that before. Like, for example, like you you studied computer science and I feel like yeah. you don't need this in computer science. Like the, the, this is all no. just fluff. Yeah. And, but it is something to practice. And if you yeah. have no idea how to start, just imagine like the other person is, you know, like you're talking to the other person. Like if you're talking to someone in person, they ask you a question. Yes, you could just be like, yes, no, goodbye. <laughs> but but like that would probably come off as like a little rude or like standoffish. And so like you should like, you know, say you know, a little like, more than that. Like, you how know? are you doing? Hope you yeah. have a nice day. Even yeah. just things like that. And that is something that I wanted to that I definitely want to talk a lot more about in our upcoming accelerator program, our shop launch accelerator program. Name yeah. is still in work, TBD. Yes, name is still work in progress, but we're hoping to start working on that once the ebook has launched and hopefully our sticker shop accelerator program will be ready by we're hoping Some, like by the summer. June. Yeah, we're June, hoping July. for summer. We will have more details later mm-hmm. as we get closer to it and it's more fleshed out, but definitely that is a lesson that I want to include. And I'm even thinking like maybe I'll have a bonus where I will have like written out customers' emails that you can just copy and paste. Because there are a lot of things like, oh, this customer wants to know where the package is. Like you could just copy and paste a response for that is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm just talking out loud. So things like that, generally you get the same questions. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to just copy and paste, but still have, you know, like a a polite response Mm -hmm. for them. So things like that but that's what we would do differently yes if you were starting a sticker shop over again that is what we would do the same or different thank you for listening if you found this episode helpful let us know by tagging us on instagram at sticker guru check out our show notes for everything we mentioned in this episode And if you haven't already, hit the follow button and leave a five-star review to help us keep the good content flowing. Thank you so much for all of your support. We'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye.